0: Hello, and welcome to Raise the Bar, the podcast presented by Sky High and Fly Jump Camps. My name is Troy Haynes. I am the owner, operator, and chief executive creative force behind Sky High and Fly Jump Camps. This is my uh, attempt to give back to the high jump, long jump, triple jump, pole vault community, track and field in general. Um, It is my Passion and desire to talk with um, other high jumpers, trainers, coaches, anybody who has been anybody who has had success jumping, coaching, training athletes at the highest level high jump, long jump, triple jump, pole vault. We'll throw in all kinds of other stuff if it ever comes up. I'm happy to talk about training and stretching and uh, anything and everything that will improve athletic performance, not just for track and field athletes, but basketball players, volleyball players, football players, soccer, tennis, uh, anything that makes someone faster, more explosive, and less likely to get injured. All of those things are desirable and we'll talk about all those things as they come up. My next guest uh, is a young man from Chico State. He is a high jumper who just made it to the Olympic trials this last year in 2021. He was a, he attended Westview High School and he went to the University of Arizona. He went then to a junior college for a year and he's been at Chico State for two years. Um, And he just has cleared seven, five and three quarters and made it to the Olympic trials this year. And we're going to talk with Tyler at some length about his career, um, where he's been, where he's going, uh, what he's doing with that thing now that he has uh, made it to the Olympic trials. Uh, We'd like to find out firsthand how the Olympic trials were. Um, That is one of my uh, goals back when I was training. Uh, I was a UCLA high jumper in 1984 my second year at UCLA, I jumped seven two. Uh, the Olympic qualifying height that year, I think was seven, four and a half or seven, four and three quarters, something like that. And, um, I didn't make it that year, but it, it wasn't really on my calendar that year. Cause that was the first year I jumped over seven feet. I didn't really have the goal of going to the Olympic trials, um, in 88, however, uh, I did and the qualifying height had gone up and I was still training like crazy and I never quite made it to that one. I continued to train and tried it in 92 and didn't make it then either. So um, you're talking with someone who desperately wanted to go to the US Olympic trials and was never even able to make it. Um, And today we are gonna talk with someone who decided to shoot for that particular goal and got there. And so we wanna find out how that was Um, I'm sure it was exciting and fun, but we'll find out all the details when we get to detect Tyler here in just a minute. So we'll be right back with Tyler Arroyo from Chico State.
1: All
0: right, all right, you're fading in and out, getting there for a second, Um, I'm looking at my notes, I got the stuff that you sent me. um i i tend to piece these together a little bit after i might edit out any kind of you know dead spots or if i'm sitting there fumbling over my words or whatever but um all right well hey um this is uh welcome to raise the bar the podcast from sky high and fly jump camps and uh my guest today is tyler arroyo um tyler is someone i just we met on Instagram, right? (laughs) For the most part, I'm not even sure who followed who or what, but I did remember seeing some of your jumps and uh, reading some of your stuff and and looking for videos. I'm always looking for jump videos. And um, he was gracious enough to get back to me. I requested, you know, hey, I'm looking for current athletes who took part in the Olympic trials. This is what I sent him. Would like to be part of my Raise the Bar podcast. And he just jumped right in there. So um, here we are, and uh, Tyler, I I, uh, I had a chance to to look over what you you uh, sent me, but uh, it always sounds better coming from you. So, uh, where did you uh, grow up? What was your ath- athletic background? What kind of you know sports did you do, and uh, how did you get started on this road to the uh, the Olympic trials and the high jump?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on here. It's always good to see uh, people that have a appreciation for for coaching high jump. So I see in your Instagram, you always show all the different drills and, and stuff you do. So it's it's uh, cool to see. Um, but yeah, so I uh, got started. Um, I started actually my junior year in high school. Did high jump. Did uh, uh got six one my junior year. So so pretty solid for first year. Uh, and then I had a, a massive leap in my. Uh, sophomore year Um, and honestly it was mostly due to just like taking it more serious and I did I had a private coach over the summer and then before my um, before my senior year so I know I believe you do private coaching and things like that so I do I do think it's a it is a big help to get that coaching in there and I had that leave got six nine then went to University of Arizona for two years um, ended up getting six eleven there Uh, and then, uh, I wasn't able to keep my grades up there. So I came back and did junior college back in my hometown, San Diego, uh, ended up getting a, a uh, PRing at seven one there. Uh, but I had maybe, I think just two attempts, two jumps at seven feet during that year. Um, and then ended up getting my associate's degree there, moving on to Chico for the last two years of my college career. Um, and I ended up getting seven, two and a half and got a uh, third place at, um, both years in, uh, nationals. Um, and then, yeah, just finished up just recently my, my first unattached year, uh, and just had a, a crazy breakout season that I, that I, uh, never expected ended up getting two twenty-eight meters or seven, five and three quarters.
0: Wow. Seven, five and three quarters. So, um, questions along the way, I, I just get, I was—I gave everybody a, a send-up at the beginning before you called, and I was talking about the fact that I tried to make the trials. You know, I was a, a similar path. You know, I started jumping a little bit younger than you did, but in you know in high school I was you know, 210. You know, went to the state meet and all that, and then went off to UCLA. And you know, my my first year that I jumped 7-2 was in '84, which was the LA Olympics year. And uh, the trial height I think was seven, four and a half, I wanna say or something like that. It, it wasn't even on my radar. I mean, I did not have any idea that the Olympic I knew the Olympics were coming, but I didn't picture myself as a part of it. So I was still trying to clear seven foot, you know, for the first time in college. And that year ended up jumping seven two. And towards the end of the year, you know, after Pac 12s and everything, there I had some friends and, and other athletes who were like, Hey, you know, the Olympic trial height's only seven four. You've already jumped seven two. And I was like, oh, okay, great. You know, let's give that a shot. So I went to a couple of meets, didn't work out, you know, and then four years later, I was more about it. You know, I really wanted to train and and try to get there. And unfortunately here in the U S the trial, height just kept going up. So I went from four and a half to like five or five and a quarter or something like that. And, you know, so I was never even able to get there. So right now just, you know, tip of the cap and, you know, so much respect for anybody that has been there and, you know, Uh, got to jump there so you jumped five and three quarters what was it like going to the trials when you actually got to jump
1: yeah I appreciate it yeah it was uh, a crazy experience because it really was kind of you know that same situation where I didn't really picture myself there um and then just had a breakout season I was like wow I I actually have a shot here and uh I think I ended up going into it with my PR being like fifth best uh and so I I was really uh excited um Went to just flew up to Oregon with my family um, and then uh, we uh, went to prelims. It was really hot at the trials. It was like unusually hot. There's a heat wave at Oregon, but um, ended up making it through first attempt at 216 and then second attempt at 219. And that was good enough to make it through. Nice. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not usually too big of a fan of prelims just because, you know, it's you don't have a chance of getting your PR. Uh, so it's not as fun. It's kind of just like a re, more of a relief to make it. Uh, right. but it was cool, cool to make the finals. Um, and just a it's just really crazy experience to see the stadium, uh, and all the other just elite athletes there. Um, was but then finals, the stadium, what was that
0: there was it packed with the code thing? Was it, was
1: it still it, honestly, it was, it was somewhat packed still. Um, I think they sold like vaccinated tickets uh, but it, it was cool because everyone was just reacting to every jump which is you yeah. know not not it's not too often that people watch the high jump right. uh, especially uh, you know coming from from D2 yeah. uh, where you know there wasn't always that much fans but yeah it was it was an awesome experience um, and then finals it didn't really go as uh, as I hoped um, but it was still just a cool thing to be part of. Um, I ended up uh, making my second attempt at opening height, which I believe was 216. And then a bar went up to 221. Um, and I just uh, couldn't get my runway down. I, I basically slipped on my first two attempts. Um, and then on my third attempt, I just tried to take it easy and uh, just ended up clicking it off with my heels. Oh. Uh, but yeah, but it was just a cool experience to be part of and excited to, uh, just makes me excited to start grinding harder and, and uh, yeah. see what happens
0: that's awesome. Um, I was just going to say, I, I, the first thing that popped in my mind when Tyler was talking about, uh, his foot slipping is like, that's, it's not death for a high jumper, but man, it really messes with your brain. If you come up and, and, uh, for whatever reason, when your foot slides out on you, it it just like puts you in a funk. So I'm glad to hear you came back and, and, uh, overcame that and had a, your best attempt on your third attempt. And, um, uh, there was another young man there. I've had the opportunity now to talk with uh, Tyler now, but uh, a couple weeks ago, and this hasn't come out yet. My, my second Raise the Bar podcast is with Doug Nordquist. Um, Tyler may know the name. He's a, a 1984 Olympian. He's a, a cousin, second or third cousin of Dwight Stones, who's a you know all-time jumping great in the U.S. And um, Doug was gracious enough to share his story and, and some of his training and all that. But he went um seven i think he pr'd two or three times in the trials now his story is a little more interesting than yours he squeaked in on his own account at the last minute uh, on he was like the number 12 guy so i don't know if they were trying to take 12 to the final the next day uh tyler was mentioning that um you know he he wasn't crazy about the prelim and now uh, see, I'm kind of jumping around because my my brain has so many questions. When you jumped in the prelim, did you jump immediately the next day or did you get a day in between?
1: We had a day in between.
0: You had a day to recover. Okay, that's crucial for those of you out there. Now, for me, I was a 6'3", 195-pounder, and I did not recover well with just one day. If I came back the next day, like now, I'd be smarter. I'd probably ice bath and do some things that I didn't know about then. My first time with a back-to-back was a high school state meet and I did not have a good experience there. I was great the first night and I was crappy the second. And in, in college, my senior year at NC2A, same thing. I was okay in the opening you know, first night, next day not so great. So um, I, was, I was hoping that you weren't gonna say you had to come back the next day. So <laughs> that, that was a good thing. For me, it would have been crucial. I, I don't know what your build is like. I know, you know some guys can come back and jump the very next day and jump great, but I wasn't that person. So that was my first question. And then um, what was the second one? Uh, oh, we're telling the story about Doug Norquist. So he snuck in, I guess he missed, you were talking about 221, which is seven, three. Is 221, seven, three. Cause my best is 222, which is seven, three and a half or a quarter or whatever. It's 221, three. Yeah.
1: That sounds right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm still don't have the meters I down. <laughs>
0: I, I only know a few. I usually know my PR and that's it. Um, so you jumped at seven at two twenty-one. So let's say seven three. Now Doug had that similar experience on his first round where he he didn't make the automatic qualifier, but they had to get twelve guys and he was sitting on the bubble. So he literally had to wait for a couple hours and watch everybody miss. And finally everybody missed and he was in his number twelve, even though he didn't make the automatic. And then the second day he said he had was so in his head the first day that he was kind of tentative and he wasn't sure and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't jump well. And he said, you know, I'm here, I'm in the final and I'm just going to let it all hang out. And then he PR'd three times and ended up going, making the Olympic team with Dwight himself (laughs) and Milton Good. And um, another guy that I have another podcast with still in production is um, Leo Williams, who finished up as the alternate that year. So this has been a really cool run. I've got all these guys waiting, you Jumpman Westner, I don't know if you followed him. You saw him there at the trials, right?
1: Jordan? Yeah, he was there at the trials. Yeah, I, I followed him. too. Uh,
0: yeah, Love watching that. his dunking from the free throw line and all that stuff, right? Yeah,
1: he's insane. Yeah.
0: So how about you, man? Does, does there any basketball background there? Can you can you tomahawk it from the free throw line or what?
1: No, you know, I, he's inspired me a little bit to uh, to start trying out some dunks, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely not as good as him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I just play basketball for fun. I. Uh, you know, I don't, I can't dunk as well. I'm, I'm six feet. So I'm a little bit on the shorter end for, for wow. high jump So that doesn't help. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely love to, to go play basketball occasionally.
0: Yeah. Well, I, my opinion of that, I, I may have shared it on this podcast before, but basketball, playing basketball and, you know, training for basketball are very similar to what we do in the high jump. I mean, it's, you know, in a way it's got a few endurance elements into it is that as you're playing it, you're jogging up and down the court, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to, you know, straight up speed and a short sprint and then a jump and all those things are, you know, very similar. Um, I want yeah. to branch out with you a little bit, Tyler, and talk about, um, your training. You mentioned that you're just over six feet, um, my another thing that i say to my kids all the time i goes you know real high jumping starts happening once you can jump over your own height <laughs> so you know some of those i said hey when we start jumping over our own heads you're you're a real high jumper um from six feet up to seven five now that's a foot and five almost a foot six inches over your head so that puts you up there in some rare class. Um, the, the two top guys that I know of was um, a guy named Franklin Jacobs, who was jumping back in the 70s, like 1976. He was five, I want to say five, seven and a half and jumped seven, seven and a half. So he jumped two feet over his own head. And then um, another name, Tyler might know, you're, you're a younger man than I am. So I know all these old people. Uh, Stefan Holm jumped seven right and he's 5'11 so there's two guys out there that have jumped two feet over their own heads but tyler's got to be up there in those standings with uh a foot and six inches over your head
1: so (laughs) yeah there's that one uh guy i can't remember his name Ilya, i think he he's the uh five foot ten he's the world lead right now he that guy is insane too but um but yeah i mean i never uh i mean i can't complain six feet's not short you know (laughs) So uh, it's never never been too much of an issue for me at least.
0: Jumping a foot and a half over your head, that's amazing. So here's what where my interest is is just hugely peaked. Um, number one, you're talking about your background in you know high school. And some of you are out there going, wow, I'm six nine, you know, maybe in high school you jumped higher than Tyler, you know, and you go, how did he how did you go from six nine in high school to seven five and three quarters? Like you said, I had a breakout year. Who are you training with? And what were those big breakthroughs like? How did how did it happen that you went from seven, two and a half to seven, five and three quarters or whatever?
1: Yeah, I mean, I still don't completely understand, to be honest. Um, I yeah, seven, two and a half. I was really happy with coming out of college Um, and it's kind of like seven, two and a half is right in that area where you're just below that bubble of like the elite jumpers. And once you get to like that 7'4", that's when it's really the, the elite jumpers are there. So I never really thought I even had a chance to get up there. I kind of considered, okay, I'm happy with maybe just making the trials. Um, and then, so basically I was um, just training right out of college just because I knew I had one year for the Olympic trials. So I just made my own workouts based on, you know, an accumulation of all the stuff that I had learned throughout college. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being through three different schools, I had a, a bunch of different experiences to play off. Um, but so I just did my own stuff, uh, basically worked out alone. Honestly, uh, I would just, uh, finish full day of work, go eat dinner and then go work out at my old high school or like a 24 hour fitness or any gym close to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then COVID hit and basically everything was reset. I, I honestly, basically was, was going to hang them up and, and, and stop high jumping altogether. I mean, I have been, and I was just going to focus more on coaching. Um, And then I took like a a two and a half, three month break from it right after COVID ended season. Um, And then I just got the itch for it again. So I decided, all right, I'm going to go for it again. So I uh, just basically made another workout plan for myself and just followed that, Uh, stayed consistent with it. Occasionally would work out with like one of my old teammates, but, but for the most part, it just worked out alone. um mainly mainly doing you know a lot of high jumping when I could find a a pit and then plyos and and short sprints and some weight stuff that's the main bulk of it
0: wow yeah that's it was tough right there for a while with COVID right even finding a pit open you know yeah finding a pit where the pits were out and you had the standards out and all that stuff right so I went through that for a year training my athletes was you know there was one place that i have not yet mentioned by name as i was showing my videos because i didn't want to get in trouble (laughs) i didn't want to get them in trouble but you know there was just almost nowhere to train so i I feel that um it's interesting that you did that without it so you didn't have a a technical coach watching you jump you didn't did you have anybody video in your workouts did you you
1: no so i mean i i have have a bunch of older coaches that i've worked with and so I would, after some meets or stuff like that, I'd send them videos and just see their thoughts on it. But basically, I would uh, just set up uh, my computer or not my computer, my phone against my like shoe, just record, uh, record myself high jumping. Look at look at that jump after every jump and and see what uh what I need to change based off that. So kind of got in used to and honestly kind of enjoy just being able to to coach myself on things, but uh, definitely get the perspective from other people. Uh, and see what their thoughts are.
0: That's amazing. So, um, self self trained, your first year of self training, you ended up going from seven, two and a half, which is what? Seven, two and a half is 220? I think it's 220.
1: Yeah, 220, 220 to 228. And yeah. I mean, it was two years basically, two years since COVID year was, right. you know,
0: you didn't have a chance to compete at Harvard. Right. The year. So, the, the two and a half to seven, five and three quarters happened this year where was that meet that you did five and three quarters was that the qualifying height or was that like over the qualifying
1: height yeah auto qualifier for trials was 226 um and i got all my meets were at the chula vista training center down in san diego so like i was training and there wasn't really any meets that were coming up just because covid was still going on you know uh and then the the uh Olympic Training Center down in San Diego kind of saved me. They just decided to open up six uh six sanctioned meets. So has like good competition there. Like uh Eric Connard was there for probably half the meets. Uh mm-hmm. Wu was there who's going to the Olympics. Django, love it, is he's in the Olympics too. He competed there a few times. So it's just having that good competition and then um you know, a good facility to do it at. I just got super lucky and, and was able to to PR like that. Because if I didn't have any meets, which was very possible, you know, who would have known? I probably still would have um, thought of myself as a 7'2 jumper.
0: Right, right. So you had a chance. And some of these other names you are mentioning, not all of those were Americans, right? Eric Kennard is is uh, an American, was a former Olympian, right? Uh, just a Olympics back or so. I remember hearing yeah. his name. But who some of these other guys you mentioned were they were they all Americans or were there were some people from other countries down there too?
1: Yeah, um, those were the main names, right? Those three were the main names. There's some other people that are a little lower. I think there was another me with Randall Cunningham in it. Um, but but yeah, Django Love it. He's uh, I think he's this is his first year uh, at the Olympics for Canada, and then Wu is uh, for South Korea. I think it's his first year at the Olympics as well. That's so
0: awesome. Man. So it's got to be fun to, to rub elbows with these guys. Did you did you talk training with them? Did you? I mean, I know you were a lot of. If you're talking to someone from Canada, at least you can understand them. If you, you didn't speak Korean, then you're in trouble, right? With Woo, but if you did you watch what they were doing? Did you pick up any tips? what no, How did that work?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, not not so much to be honest. I mean, just you know the the friendly hello and all that. But not, no, we didn't really talk te- technicals or technique mm-hmm. or anything like that uh and honestly you know at that time and you know they're, they're still you know they both have better PRs than me but I didn't consider myself like equal in their skill level right. um and then so it was kind of just uh it was just a cool period to like see like I, I think I ended up beating um one or two of them on one of the meets and it was just like uh mind-blowing almost to me because I didn't consider myself there and then all of a sudden you know I get that experience
0: so all of a sudden you're you're like you said you're stepping up on the the world stage. It's like uh, that was something that I aspired to. My best jump was two twenty two, and I think I jumped it to what seven four and a half, whatever that would be, probably two twenty five, and uh, took one good jump at that. That was one of my best days that I remember. And um, you know, I, part of my brain was doing what you're saying. I'm like, man, if I can you know get up there because I was thinking you know seven two seven three is is good, but it's like yeah you know it's it, there's nothing to sneeze at, but yet when you get up to the major world competition, it seems like seven, 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 eight minimum, you know, I don't yeah. even remember the last time in, in 84, you know, the high jump was won at, at seven, eight and three quarters. And then 88 in Seoul, Korea, I think is when Charles Austin jumped seven, 10 and a half to win and set the Olympic record. And then, you know, it's, it's usually up there, you know, uh, five years ago, when I watched uh, Derek drown, when i think he jumped nine and three quarters. Yeah. i don't think he had any misses until after nine and three quarters which is one of the best performances ever because he beat both bondarenko and barshin which nobody nobody had him on the radar i don't think i don't think anybody was sitting there watching that going hey we got to watch out for derek drown <laughs> it was like typical olympics though the guys that you think were going to win you know didn't come through big you know and and i've noticed every time the bar went up and drown kept making it Varshim started getting shaky, which I'd never seen before. I've never seen him break technique. I saw one jump when he was barely off the ground, threw his head back early and just, and bombed the jump. And I remember thinking that must be what pressure feels like for him. I go, I don't think I've ever seen that before. You know, he usually just, he's not super consistent. He's fun to watch because he, he has misses scattered throughout. If you watch him, but then he'll throw a jump at seven 11. That's like, <laughs> like, Oh my God. Yeah. He's like, Four inches, you know. I keep waiting for him to jump eight, too, but he's, uh, he's getting past his prime here a little bit. Um, what would you tell uh, a young athlete that wanted to be, you know, you wanted to, to go and, and have success, um, both, you know, starting at the high school level? And you, like Tyler said, everybody talking out there, Tyler had his high school career. He went off to a four year, then he went back to a JC, then he went back to a four year school, you know, had a lot of different experiences and teachers what would you tell that, that young guy that wants to you know, keep climbing and getting better?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say um, always always believe, always know that you have a shot at it. Um, like if you, if you told me when I was uh, in high school that I'd jump even seven feet, I would have never in a million years believed you. So um, I think every year it's like with high jump, especially it's a super slow process of improving, but the more reps you get in, um just over time without you even realizing it you can you know improve so much so um i'd say don't focus too much on uh the immediate results but just know that you're going to get better as long as you put the work in
0: right and then uh you were talking about your training uh what i heard you mention was uh short sprints plyometrics had your jump days when you could have your jump days and then you lifted right and those are the four pillars of your your jumping so um if you if you don't mind sharing um the reason i'm asking is because i'm always in steel mode (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) tell me what you did because i want to you know find out what you know matches with what i was taught and blah, blah 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 so um when you're doing your your lifting what were the the mainstays of the program there you know squats cleans lunges what what did you have in your yeah
1: no yeah no i'm always happy to share especially with people that are um interested in it especially because um i always admire like coaches that are always trying to get better so um i guess the main main things at least for like lifting uh i think for me i I personally believe like hang cleans is one of my my favorites i think it has the the best best effects on high jump and uh especially for just being explosive so that was my main one um front squats and back squats are great um uh jerks are good um
0: so just the the push overhead part of the push like a when you're saying jerk i know there's a yeah
1: curve,
0: and then the jerk is putting it overhead right so kind of just like the jerk
1: just the forward, jerk part yeah it
0: over your head, right okay
1: yeah i generally separate those yeah. um and i mean I, I do those core lifts and i guess my one of my other philosophies is um out of season doing uh more reps and doing like three sets of 10 and then as season progresses lowering the reps and hiring the weight and then by end of season when our mid to end season i'll usually do lower reps with less weight as well and just focus on being super explosive and not really trying to gain any any strength
0: did you go through any cycles? Like, I know, I know some athletes will, will go through. Um, we talked with Aaron Washa, who was my first guest um, way back. Um, he's got a, a site on Instagram called Wax On, Wax Off. He's a super great guy. He, he's a little guy. If you've seen him on Instagram, he does 72-inch box jump. And he's so oh, wow. like you. Yeah, crazy, right? He's super explosive. He's not even a, a high jumper, but he was a long jumper. I think he did the high jump in high school, but he was more of a long jump. And then he's trying to make it in the NFL. He's, he's almost 30. Um, he just did a, a mini camp or something and waiting to see if anybody's going to pick him up. But um, he was talking about 12 minute or 12 week training cycles. And, you know, with the same progression you were talking about, like three sets of 10 and then maybe what, like four sets of five or five sets of five. Yeah.
1: Around that. Yeah. Six usually yeah, from, maybe. I usually do six, but not, mine's not specific. You know, I kind of just made it up over all the coaching that I've, I've had
0: but less, less reps, like you said, so a set of 10 and a set of five or six, I'm guessing. And then when you said towards the end of the season, when you both lowered the number of reps and the weight, what kind of sets were you talking there? Like three sets of four? Yeah. Two
1: or five? Um, it would, it would depend. Um, I would usually do three sets of four, four sets of four. And right. then like when it, and then I, I'd occasionally do like four sets of two, um, well, like when I'm really trying to peak.
0: Okay, yeah, that goes much goes, goes hand in hand with the stuff that I've learned. I, I um, we had Aaron on Washa and uh, he was talking about an interesting idea that I don't know if you've heard of, but he was mentioning triphasic training and the triphasic training, he talked about, you know, eccentric, concentric, and then isometric lifts. And when I was in college at UCLA as a kinesiology major, they said, nobody uses isometrics because the muscles sing at the same length, right? And you don't want to train your muscle to stay and hold a position. You want to teach it to explode through a range of motion. And Aaron just shot that all down said, that was what you learned back in the eighties, you know, like I'm a grandpa, you're, you're back in the, in the eighties, when you are in college, you see like this stuff is 30 years newer, younger, you know, and, and uh he started talking about it. So It was interesting to me because he said his biggest gains were when he was going through his isometric part of the program, which would be, you know, drop down into a deep squat and hold, right, with a decent amount of weight and then come up, but don't come up all the way and hold, that kind of stuff. So I find that that really interesting. I haven't had a chance to practice. So I, I keep telling my athletes, I go, I don't usually have you guys do anything until I've tried it myself. And unfortunately I'm getting, <laughs> getting too old to train for this kind of stuff. So, you know, when I demonstrate now I put the bar at four feet cause I know I can make that. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, what else do we have on, on the hook here? Um, Tyler, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were gracious enough to spend your time with us. Um, what else I wanted to talk lifting sprinting. Oh, um, what do you, what would you say to uh, young athletes too? I, I'm I'm constantly preaching with my kids, um, visualization, right? Uh, Dwight Stones was one of the, the, I would have to say one of the first that used to preach it and do it. Like if you watch his old films, you could see him, you know, doing his lean progression, maybe his stride progression. Sometimes you could see him picture his arm drive and his knee drive, you know. And I'm like. As I was a kid watching that, I'm like, you know, somebody's like, what's he doing? I'm like, he's, he's picturing, you know, what he wants to do. And, you know, I started learning about visualizing and then the power behind visualization. You know, there's, there's so many studies that have been done where, uh, people show improvement in their technique and their performance with just visualizing without even doing any other practice, you know, and, and the it's, it's all over the literature. So, um. I'm wondering um, if there's any like um, special things that you do with visualizations, you know, walkthroughs, you know, walkthroughs, run-throughs where you don't actually jump. I don't know, anything you have uh, along those lines? Curious to hear. Yeah.
1: yeah, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm very big on visualization. I think that is a massive part of, of why I'm good at high jump. Um, basically what I, I'll do uh, is the, the night before a meet I will an hour before I go to bed or so I'll just listen to music that I usually listen to before it meets um, and I'll just visualize perfect form for 30 minutes to an hour and just get in the zone you know like think back on good meets I had and, and visualize the perfect form and what I specifically want to work on um, and I, that's just a meat ritual. I have to do that every night before a meet um, and then when I wake up um you know get on the bus or whatever however i'm getting to the meet I'll, I'll usually have that you know music on again and and just visualizing and i'll just keep going in and out of the zone you know every hour or so I'll, I'll take a break because it is mentally taxing always being in the zone um but but i think visualization is huge um and it, as far as practice with visualization i'd say it's it's important to um to think of one one to three cues or one to three things that you want to focus on, um, and right as you you know step up to your mark, picture yourself doing them all perfectly, and then go ahead and, and do your jump. But I think before every every meet, um, it's big, and then before every jump, even it it you should do it.
0: Oh, I love it! Now I can I can quote you and tell my kids it's not just me.
1: <laughs> I seven
0: five three quarters, and he believes it too. Um, what was the uh, the progression, if you don't mind, um, with you? From your your PR at seven two and a half up to five and three quarters, do you remember uh, meets and like did you meet yeah. one day or was there a, a string of meets where that that came together?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a string of meets. So I had my first meet, uh, ended up getting uh, two twenty um, Okay, yeah. yeah, which was like really exciting to me because that's a out. that's a massive PR, um, and and I had some good attempts at two thirty after which was like, seven you know, seasons, right? yeah, seven kind seasons. of mind blowing to me just because it was such a big difference. Right. Um, and then I, yeah, so I was just super excited. Then I had to meet three weeks later, I believe. Right. Um, and I, I'm kind of a, a big believer in you, you need to do it twice in high jump to really solidify it. Like, you know, you can right. always have those fluke jumps. Right. Um, so it, Uh, the next meet I ended up getting 226 and so after that I was super excited because I was like oh wow this is this is legitimate I didn't just get a lucky fluke
0: Um,
1: and then I had another meet the week later ended up getting 228 which was my my PR yeah uh, seven five and, and three quarters so Uh, It was, yeah, that was a, that was a crazy string within a month. And it kind of just like all came in at once, you know, going from seven, two and a half within a month, you know, a month period or felt like a month period um, getting that PR.
0: Amazing. Um, Another question I had for you, just because I'm curious is, do you, did you model yourself after anyone or are you just like, you're the best Tyler? Like I, I remember when I was coming up, there's so much more stuff out here for you guys now. I mean, I, I'm bemoaning the fact that I'm an old man and all that. And I, I just <laughs> think back, I, don't, I can't even find any videos of myself. Like, I've got boxes of videotapes that I'm still waiting to go through because number one, I don't even have a VCR anymore. And number two, <laughs> I'm trying to remember did, did we have five jumps? I mean, I know I filmed myself, I remember, but I can't even find anything. And, and yet I can go on Instagram and find jumps by everybody. And then if I I text it or email it, if I text it to myself on my phone, if I text it to someone else with an iPhone, nine times out of 10, it comes up and I can scroll it frame by frame. And I find stuff all the time where I'm like, oh my gosh, look what this guy does with his knee drive or whatever. So my questions are, are twofold, I guess, along that line is number one, as you're watching other people, you know, do you, do you look for things that you can, can use or, you know, was there some guy out there like you're saying, um, you know, maybe not a Dwight Stones or a Doug Nordquist because it's kind of more old school, but somebody else that you were watching, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like I watched Brandon Stark. I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram. He's an Australian guy. Um, but I love he and he puts a lot of drills in his in his feed. And I'm just picking that stuff up all the time. And then just like, oh, my gosh, I got I I'm going to train to do that. You know because there's there's certain elements that you can see as plain as daylight okay we need to start doing that for sure so anything like that pop up for you
1: um to be honest i never really had any like specific person that i modeled after i, I tend to like kind of just watch everyone and, and pick the things that i like from it yeah. um and i i you know i wasn't as big on on video um, I, I you know i my coach would sometimes show me stuff which which was good uh, but yeah, I, I definitely could have been better about that. Cause I do think watching, um, the elites video is important. Um, and you can kind of pick things up, but I, I didn't really have anyone, anyone specific, maybe one person my coach really liked that he would always show me was, uh, Torah Harris. Um, he just worked on the, his penultimate step because his penultimate step was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only one that can really come to mind. Otherwise I, I just kind of pick and choose from different, uh, different jumpers.
0: Right okay and then um this this is my my last question i don't want to keep you all day because i would Um, (laughs) but uh if you uh, you know knowing what you know now and you're you know in in three years you're you're living here in california still
1: yep you're living in California. california
0: so you're still here now in three in three years you know the olympics is 2024 is in la you know first time in in 40 years, right?
1: I think it's uh 2024 is Paris, 2028 oh. is
0: LA. Well, that's that might be too long. All right. So <laughs> throw the throw the LA part out of there. I can I can edit it out later as how dumb I <laughs> um if uh, if three years from now, are you are you ready to, to go at it again? You think you can hang in there for three years and, and try for not just making it to the trials, but make it on to the to the US Olympic team twenty
1: twenty four. Yeah absolutely that that is the goal now um the goal out of uh, college was to just make trials um and then you know after this year I just came to the realization that I have a shot at the Olympics so um I would uh I'd be mad at myself if I didn't go for it um while I can and while I'm still young so I'm yeah definitely going to go for it uh you know, facility use was just so difficult this year. Um, just b- bouncing around to random places that I could find. So uh, I uh, found a good setup for next year. Uh, I'm gonna have a nice facility to train at uh, and coach at too. Um, so I'm I'm super excited to just really really grind and, and focus on it this uh, this next year and then all the way till Paris.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well with jumps like seven, five and three quarters, start jumping, you know, seven, six, seven, seven, all of a sudden you're at, uh, you know, the national championships and I'm sure they're gonna start talking to you about, you know, maybe traveling and jumping at some of these other meets. Um, You know, I always heard things about that when I was in college and I just didn't have the, you know, I don't know, the wherewithal or whatever. I I remember thinking, well, you know, you're only jumping seven, two. I have no idea how I would travel on my own or do that, you know, and, and you hear, well, you go over to Europe and there's just money. (laughs) Almost they're throwing money at you out of the stands, you know, because they love track and field over there. You know, one of the things I I keep moaning about over here is the fact that, you know, track and fields, like the the redhead stepchild of all the sports, you know? Oh yeah. And field
1: is even on top of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, every four years, everybody gets into it because of the Olympics, but most people, when you sit there and you go anything about track and field, I mean, they might know a sprint here or there, but they don't, you know, there's, there's so many events, but it, it's covered poorly over here. And a lot of our rich traditions have just, you know, seem to have gone away. So, but it'd be, it'd be awesome to see, uh, see that name Tyler Royal pop up on, you know, <laughs> Well, I was one of those people who used to find the results in the paper, you know, so you'd be looking at some meet over in Stuttgart, you know, or whatever, and you'd see a name you're like, oh, that guy jumped 7'5", that's pretty cool, you know, it's some indoor venue, you know, who knows where, um, but it, it's awesome, you've got all these opportunities opening up for you, and uh, a shorter window, because you went five years, and now you get three years, but <laughs> three years yep. is plenty of time, right, to get to get yourself ready.
1: Yeah, but you know, who like with that COVID year, I, I was super pissed and like, or I don't know if I was pissed, but I was, you know, <laughs> upset and, and sad about it. But right. um, who knows, I probably wouldn't have gotten, you know, that whole extra year of training to jump as high as I did. And I might have just hung it up there. So um, just uh, might have sure. given me the opportunity to keep it going.
0: They say God works in mysterious ways, right? Must, <laughs> yeah. To give you that that extra year of training so you could jump and make it to the trials. Well, listen, um, Tyler, I'm going to let you go, but I I would be honored to uh, both stay in touch with you, number one, and just follow your career from afar. But since we're here in California, shameless plug, I just want to get down there and see you jump one of these days. So we'll have to see if we can work that out. Um, If you're if you're okay with that, I would. Like you said, I'm I'm always into stealing and watching <laughs> and applying, you know, anything and everything. And if I if I had a chance to watch someone who who's been, you know, to the U.S. Olympic Trials, I've had my chances in the past. I've I've trained and jumped against, you know, some of those people we're talking about. I've jumped against Doug Nordquist, uh, you know, when he was still at his peak, you know, able to jump seven eight three quarters, you know, and the things that I've learned from him still are just like etched in my brain. I've, I've never seen anybody run a faster curve leaning at a higher degree of angle than I've ever, you know, with Doug Nordquist. When I watch him, I, I still try to train my jumpers to do that to this day, you know, and uh, so I'm always looking for those things, but um, all right, we are going to let Tyler go. I, again, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your enthusiasm, uh, and wow that huge jump, going to the trials and knocking on the door of the Olympic games. We're wishing you the very best as you train for the next three years to go to London. Is it London or Paris? Paris. Paris. I'll get it right. <laughs> One of these days. Okay. And Paris should be a lot of fun. It should be some great scenery and uh, it'd be
1: great to see you get over there, Tyler. Yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Always, always get to talk high jump. You don't get to do it too often.
0: Right. Right. Well, that's, that's what we're all about here on raise the bar. So All right. We're going to let Tyler go. Thanks again, Tyler. We'll talk soon.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Have a good
0: one. All right.